Welcome to Uncontained, episode 60. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and on the show today, I have the honor of sitting down with a true horror movie icon. Yes, dubbed as the Queen of Bees, the Queen of Scream. It's Linnea Quigley. Yeah, she got her big break in Return of the Living Dead back in 1985 and has put out horror movie gold since then. And I have one person to thank for this interview, Dan Hample. He was a guest on, I believe, episode two of Uncontained. And he's hooked me up with some great guests, including Billy Singhas of uh, the movie We the People and uh, Justin Beam, writer for Fangoria Magazine, Monsters of Filmland, and many other horror magazines. John Lear, the Geico Caveman, and now... And now he's hooked me up with Linnea Quigley. I'm going to have to talk to Dan again on Uncontained sometime soon because he has a project coming up with Linnea and uh, also possibly featuring Justin Beam. It's called We Should Have Died. Dan uh, wrote this along with uh, another uh, screenwriter from Iowa, Dustin Hills, and uh, featuring some more people uh, that are from the Iowa area. Iowa's proven to be a very scary place with Linnea Quigley, Justin Beam, Dan Hample, and you'll be able to see them all come together in the movie that they're working on this summer called We Should Have Died. Linnea and I talk about that a little bit more in the episode, so uh, I won't give everything away about it right now, but just know another kick-ass movie with Linnea Quigley coming out. She's got a few things going on as well. We touch on one that she said she forgot to really mention was What Would Linnea Quigley Do?, which is a project that you'll be able to check out soon. If you've been enjoying the guests that we've been having on lately, please spread the word about the show so we can continue to get more great guests for you to listen to, get their stories, and even some advice for you if you want to get involved in the entertainment industry. And please continue to support the page like you have been by going to uncontainedpod.com, clicking that Amazon link at the top of the page, possibly have a few more sponsors coming your way. And uh, I appreciate all the support that this show has gotten. With no further ado... The one, the only, the talented Linnea Quigley. Welcome to Uncontained, and how are you doing today, Linnea? I'm doing just hunky-dory. All right, perfect, perfect. <laughs> First, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I've been trying to actually get you on the show uh, since, well, for for quite a while since I interviewed Dan Hample he was like my second episode and Ooh. he was like oh, I know Linnea Quigley uh, she uh, she does uh, she's done some things with me including Demonica and uh, she's like he, she's she's this huge scream queen I was like I know I know who Linnea Quigley is and uh, she's like I can get you her on your show I was like that would be awesome dude so uh, thank you for coming on Dan Hample as I I mentioned helped set it up and yes uh, a great actor too yeah yeah um i i'm looking forward to seeing uh what you are currently working on with but we'll get into that in just a little bit okay i don't want to jump right to that but for people who don't know who you are i know like the film that you got your big break on was uh return of the living dead true and so if you haven't seen that, you definitely need to go back and watch that. But could you tell us a little bit about how you actually got into your into acting and how you got started in the business? Well, I was like a type of person that was so shy, just incredibly shy. And when I moved to L.A., because my parents moved and I was like, I think 16 at the time I followed them and I always worked and things like that. So I got a job at Jacqueline's health spa and there were two girls there that were, you know, 
you know, trying to get in the biz. They were models and this and that. And so I started going with them to like film sets and, you know, like the extra, the dancer, you know, dancer number 80 or something like that. (laughs) And so I did all this extra work. I remember uh, flying across town just to get paid nothing really to be in something because it was a big deal. It was a movie. And I remember one time it was, uh, uh, John Saxon and, um, no, not Vincent Price. Uh, oh God, what's his name? Uh, Jack Palance. Okay. They were in it. And that was like, oh my gosh. And Jack Plants was a little weird, but that's how I started. And then I started to do some print work. Then I, at, kind of at the same time, got my band going and also uh, got into the movies. Started you know, doing extra work, then like a one line and then a couple more. I got into the union got in trouble with the union. Now I'm like halfway in the union. <laughs> Just, it was a long journey to get to where I actually was in a big part in a movie. Okay. Yeah. So what was like your first, I know you had your breakthrough with uh, return of the living dead. Um, but what was the first movie that you actually got a sizable part in? I would say, uh, uh, graduation day. Okay. Graduation day was the one where it wasn't like totally sizable, but to me it was. And Vanna White was in it before she was Vanna White, but it was a big <laughs> production and it was to me a big part. I had I no clue Vanna White was in horror movies. Yes. And there's one where she's like a stripper and they pulled it, you know, like some, some money people pulled it and it's disappeared from anywhere. Really? So there's no Vanna White played a stripper in a horror movie. Yeah. Yep. And it just disappeared. Yeah. You know, because she got the prices right and somebody paid off somebody to make it disappear. Yeah, yeah, amazing what the networks can, uh, the whole Wheel of Fortune crew uh, throw, you know, they don't, they don't want, uh, they probably don't want that image for her. They want that, like, squeaky clean image. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That would have been horrifying to the women Yeah. out there that was watching The Price is Right or whatever that is. Oh, no. That's Wheel of Fortune. Barker. That's a whole other story. Yes. That, that's spay and neuter your pets right there. That's yes. <laughs> true. True. And I guess that's as good a transition as any uh, to you have a lot of pets of your own, correct? Oh, my gosh. Yes. They're companions. But yes, I do. I have right now six dogs and two cats. And I love them all. They're all rescues. And I'm always taking pictures of my my dogs and cats. Okay. So how show them off to people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, I I have a rescue dog of of my own as well. And that's really the only way that I will go out and get a pet, you know? Yay! Uh, So I I believe uh, in doing that instead of going to a breeder. But what inspired you to uh, – how many dogs do you have? Six. Six dogs. So what what, – did you get all of them at the same time or did somebody just be like, I can't take care of this dog. Will you take it, Linnea, or? No, I, like, would go to the kill shelter and just – it, it like is so hard to do, but I'd go there and just get one out. Like there, there, a lot of them have died, unfortunately from old age or cancer, which is a huge thing in dogs now. Yeah. And I would just pick a dog and take it home and then go back again. You know, it's like, <laughs> just keep going. It's like, you know, one woman, I just went, oh, God, I went yesterday to a shelter. I did not get a dog, though. Okay. 
because just, it was a, a non-kill shelter. They didn't kill him there. Okay, that's so good. So I, I was like okay with going there, but they said there was a woman around these parts that had 70 cats and 20 dogs in a townhouse. Oh, man, that, that's got to be like unhealthy almost in a townhouse. Yes. Yes. That, that's what you'd see on like hoarders or something like that. Animal hoarders. I'm sure she has a great heart oh. one to take care of all of them, but uh-huh. that's like, but she wasn't really taking care of them. Good. They had to amputate one of the cat's legs and you know, it's just, I mean, I didn't feel so bad about the six dogs. <laughs> no, cats. no, no, definitely not. And as long as you have the room and space to take care of six dogs and cat and two cats, that's awesome. But when you become a collector like that, when you have like 70 dogs it's uh, or 70 cats and 20 dogs or whatever the number was, yeah. that's that's not doing anybody a service. But no. that's not that's not my specialty to talk about. But I I will actually uh, I talked to you a little bit about this before. I'll get you set up on another podcast with uh somebody i know called paw print and that's about uh pet adoption and stuff like that if uh you're interested in that so yeah all right perfect so harold ree he's a really good guy i'll i'll get i'll get you his contact information after the show but uh let's let's transfer back over to the horror movies and uh stuff like that from being a humanitarian to eating brains Oh, yes. <laughs> what a different thing yeah. that was. Uh, after I did Graduation Day, it seemed like there was an influx of, of horror films being made. Horror became pretty popular. But on the other hand, people would say, oh, you do those kind of films. I, it wasn't cool, really, in the industry to be in a horror film. It was looked down upon. Yeah. And and people even looked down upon it because a lot of times there was blood, boobs and brains. So the three B's and a lot of people got uptight about it. <laughs> blood, boobs and brains. Yes, yes, yes. So that was there was a formula for it. There had to be nudity. There had to be some blood. And. There had to be these cliches, like the girl runs and stumbles, of course. Of course. And they had them all in there. In fact, I'm doing something now. I'm filming the last part of it tomorrow of uh, cliches in these movies. And it's called What Would Linnea Do? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So is this a documentary kind of or... It's like, a, it's more like, uh, I would say more like I do the talking and then they show somebody doing the actions. Okay. Are they like, so it's show- like a funny skits. It's like skits. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. And, uh, you're finishing up shooting that. So, uh, do you know when that will be out? I think by October. It should be a fast type thing to edit. Okay. Perfect timing for Halloween. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, so, okay, you've played a lot of roles, all right? You've played the Scream Queen. You've played the Scream Queen who's turned. You've played uh, in the uh, bowling alley movie. Uh, Oh, sorority, sorority babes and slime ball bolorama that's that's a long one to remember but it's a really cool title oh, you played yeah. yes you played like the kind of the anti-hero hero in a way like what is your favorite role to play do you prefer the scream queen do you prefer after you turn and get to eat brains or like your role in sorority babes and slime ball bolorama oh i definitely enjoy the one like the character in Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bolorama, the spider character. Yes, spider. Tough and taking care of business and instead of like screaming and running and getting killed. And I don't like prosthetic makeup anymore <laughs> on my face. So definitely that character that was in Sorority Babes. Okay. And. 
Okay, if you didn't have to do the prosthetic makeup anymore, would uh, you you still like to do like the zombie eating brains part? Because that seems really fun to me. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, no, that would be fun if it didn't have to put that makeup on. You know, and it, it takes sometimes I've gone through a makeup that took up to fourteen hours, and I thought I would claw my or claw their eyes out it because took- it was just so horrible. It took 14 hours to put all the makeup on. Yes. Yes. It was in Night of the Demons. It was the final scene in the movie. And we had to be called in the day before. It was miserable. Wow. And, you know, people don't always think about all that stuff that goes on behind the scenes, like how long it takes to get that gruesome horror look. And it's like, oh, man, that's really cool. Look at the zombie. And don't think, man, that person spent 14 hours in a makeup chair. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the longest, definitely. But I've had a couple long ones. And it just, it, I don't like that feeling or the smell of latex. It's like, Bleh. yeah, yeah. So, it, and when it's on, is it uncomfortable or does it, you know, do you eventually get used to it? I don't get used to it. I just, I don't even like to really wear makeup. So it's like <laughs> very, it feels confining to me and I just want to get it off. So I don't get used to it now. And a lot of times you can't even eat and they give you straws sometimes to drink something, but you, you can't eat. If you were a smoker, you wouldn't be able to smoke if, if the, uh, the appliance was like by your mouth or under your mouth. Yeah. Okay. I guess that makes sense and makes it way more difficult too. Uh, so... What type of uh, roles are you uh, playing now? You have uh, some, you said you were working on a few projects uh, when we were talking briefly before the show. What do you have mm-hmm. coming out? Uh, do you get to avoid the prosthetic makeup? Yes. Yes. So far, so good. I have, I did a movie last year called Devotion, which right now they're taking pre orders for it. And I play. Another really great character. I love the character I play in this one. Okay. And Jesse Sells was the director. She's really good. She wrote it also. And then a lot of the movies. Oh, I did one with this one of my favorite actors, Ed Neal, the hitchhiker from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. And that's called The Best Laid Plans. And that was one of the best written scenes I've ever done. It was, it was amazing scene. And, and, uh, I loved it. It's not like a big part, but it was just like a crazy cool part. Okay, cool. And, um, if you can't go in and elaborate on it anymore, that's fine. What is the movie about? Well, it's about someone that has all these plans and they just fall apart. Okay. And it's more, a black comedy than a horror movie. So it's more that kind of a movie. It's more comedic. Okay, cool. And when I was told when I was like learning my lines and everything, I was told it was a emotional thriller. So I get on the set and it says, you know, she's slow as molasses or something. So I'm doing it slow. And the director's like, no, cut, cut, cut. I win it. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I was told it was something else. Does so that, sometimes that will happen to you. I was just going to say, does that happen a lot where you show up to the set and they're like, okay, we're doing something completely different than what you thought we were doing? Not too often. Uh, I'm ready for it, though. All right. All right. So... You have uh, worked in the past, as we mentioned earlier, with uh, Dan Hample, the guest on episode two, uh, two or three of Uncontained. And uh, yes, and uh, you're currently well, you worked with him in Demonica and a couple other maybe a couple other things, but also have something coming up uh, working with him this summer that you'll be shooting. Yes, 
I am so excited about that. I didn't even know he was a writer until recently. He's very uh, not a kind of person that's like a show off or anything. He's he's a great person, great actor, and I can't wait to do that. Yeah, so I guess uh, he wrote that play with uh, Dustin Hills. It's called We Should Have Died. And yes. uh, if I'm correct, it's based on a true story. Oh, that's right. Yes, it is. I should have said that. It is based on a true story, which sounds wild. It does. Uh, so do you want to elaborate on uh, your role in this movie? I can't really say yet. Okay. I I can say because Dan told me to. So, oh, I can? Okay. Uh, yeah, right. so you, can, you can talk about it if you would like. So okay, can, sure. You go first. Okay. Well, you... The movie, as he told me, is about uh, this kid who gets trapped in the gets trapped in a fire, and uh, his brother tries to rescue him, and um, you, playing an evil babysitter, try to stop him. Why would you do such a thing? Because I'm an evil babysitter. <laughs> Perfect answer. I don't. I and, and I'm a. Uh, uh, what are those things called where you're a pyro pyromaniac pyromaniac Pyromaniac. I think it's called something like that I like things to catch on fire and I guess my motivation might be I've never seen a person catch on fire so I want to see it really bad okay all right and I don't like kids I don't know one of the two (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and this kid is like a special needs kid that's in the fire, I guess. So, uh, you're, Which makes it worse. Yeah, it makes it makes it even worse. And some of the other names attached to this are Mike Niedert, Dylan Niedert, Bruce Taylor, and also another uh, native Iowan uh, that's been on the show here, uh, Justin Beam, writer for Fangoria, and a bunch of other horror magazines. So all those names are attached to it. And um, looks like this will be exciting to see. Yeah, I'm just excited because it is based on something true and it's just a wild thing. So it's like it's I like movies that are based on something true. And once again, it's called We Should Have Died. And uh, you'll be working on that this summer. And yes. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing it. And you've you've worked with Dan before. What is it like? We'll go ahead and give him a plug here. What is it like working with Dan Hampel? Oh, Dan is so great to work with. I mean, if he wasn't married, I'd lasso him. Uh, (laughs) But he is like just very laid back. He doesn't get all nervous and say typical things like, well, how was I after each take? Because a lot of actors will do that, especially men. He's really funny, but he's very good at drama, too, which is unusual. And he can change looks, too. It's it's like at first, you know, because we did Demonica, I thought he just did comedy. And then I saw him in something else and he looked totally different. And it was a really creepy thing that he was doing. And we'll do it in Iowa, too. So that'll be exciting. Do you get back to Iowa very often? No, I don't. Just when I work there, I really don't get back there because it's not a real hot spot. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm I'm originally from there as well. So originally oh from gosh. the Cedar Rapids area and uh, kind of met Dan uh time when I was working at uh, the radio station uh, KRNA in Cedar Rapids. Wow. So I, we're all Iowans. Yes, yes. Uh, the Hawkeye State. Yeah, Eastern Iowa. So yeah. um, where can uh, people find like some of your uh, your contact information? Like where can they find you? Oh, they can find me on Facebook, Linnea Quigley, and my it, the one you want to go to is the official Linnea Quigley site. It's the and one with then, the blue check mark as uh, verified, correct? Yes, it is. Okay. It is. And it also, it, the links will uh, tell you different things like uh, where my web store is, which is Linnea-Quigley.com. And it'll link you to this documentary I'm directing it will 
link you to personal things you want to tell me about or, you know, I keep it updated of what's going on and, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram too. Okay, cool, cool. And yes, you have a store with a lot of, uh, a lot of your DVDs that you can get, including, including if you're not quite into the horror movie thing and just want to work out, you have a workout DVD, correct? <laughs> yes, that was just like it was born on the set, this idea. And literally, we start filming it two days later. Really? Which was wild. I mean, it was just a funny idea that because I had to keep like you know, smashing this guy's head in with a mallet and a writer, Ken Hall said, you know, it's a real workout. And I said, yeah, I mean, I have to run do this and that. And he goes, I've got an idea. And <laughs> he talks funny. Everybody does impressions of him, but it was decided. Somebody gave us the money and we shot it in two days. This whole video okay and I've, I've only seen clips of it it seems like it's a little tongue-in-cheek too at parts uh, oh, yeah. so um can people get that on your website as well is that still still in circulation oh, yeah yeah it, there's a limited number they're all numbered and everything and there it's a fun thing there's people that i know that on their birthday, they play it, and people come dressed like me, even guys, and they play it, and they work out, and then the, the cake is Linnea Quigley-themed. I couldn't believe it. I mean, that's awesome. So that happens on your birthday? No, 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 on their birthday. Okay, they have, like, Linnea, okay, Linnea Quigley-themed yeah. birthday parties. That's yes, that that's pretty cool. Have you ever been invited to one? I think they'd love to have me, and I I definitely want to make one of them. Okay. I definitely do. <laughs> have you be the one to cut the cut the cake with a chainsaw? Yes, yes. Cut the cake with the chainsaw. Yeah, because the chainsaw might be messy. Yes, yeah, but but it'd be a lot cooler. Uh... It, would be cooler. <laughs> it would be cooler. And in uh, fact, a lot of those older movies like Creepazoids, which a lot of people haven't seen, and Witch Trap are coming out on Blu-ray again. Okay. It's crazy. Digitally it's remastered. Really, yeah, with uh, commentaries and things like that. And we were talking, I think we mentioned this before we actually started the show briefly, but you're working on some, uh, some things that uh, go back to recapture the vibe of the 80s. Like, oh my gosh, yes. Not only are old 80s movies coming back, but the style. What what are you working on that's kind of in the style of 80s movies? Well, I this movie that I did actually last year, which we didn't talk about, which I love this movie. I have a very small part, but it's going to be a sequel where I have a larger part. It's called The Barn. And they have their website. I am like shocked nobody picked it up, but it's thebarnmerch.com. Okay. And it is a it it is like it captures the eighties so well. And the director and writer came up with this idea when he was nine years old and wrote it down in a notebook and drew some things, and then it was made. I mean, he's like, I think he's probably almost 30 now. Okay. So your dreams can come true. Yes. Yes. That, that's awesome. Like, and there's something that about being able to just put something down in a notebook, carry it through and make it, you know, a lot of people have yeah. ideas, but are not, uh, either not confident enough in them to go do them or don't know what to do it with or do with it, true. you know? So definitely so a lot write, of credit given write there. stuff down. Yes. Write stuff down. And it also, I believe if you write stuff down, it, it, um, manifests sometimes, but who knows how many years, but it could be right away. It could be a while, but I think it does manifest stuff to happen. 
Okay. I, I can see that. And plus you're more conscious of it too. And just something with that muscle memory of writing something down and yes. putting it down makes it seem like, okay, this has to happen. This has to happen. Yes. <laughs> I got you. I'm, I'm picking up what you're laying down, Linnea. Um, what other shows are you currently working on? Like, I know you got a couple things in the works. I, we've talked about one of them before. Well, in Paris, I'm doing one. It's a zombie movie. He hasn't named it yet, but he's been working on it for six years because I go to Paris the end of May. Okay. So that's kind of exciting. I don't know a lot about it. I've got to, because it's still being written, but uh, it'll be really fun to do. And also I'm doing, I'm spending a lot of time doing my documentary called Extras because For 20 years, I've wanted to do this thing about extras because I think they're fascinating people. I've worked with many of them on sets and uh, really interesting people. And I'm doing like uh, Penelope Spears, who did Decline of the Western Civilization, kind of that style. Grunge and, you know, gorilla type style. Okay. You know, not put them all, you know, in a nice set and, and they talk. It's just like getting people at a convention, pulling them aside and, and just, you know, it's amazing what comes out of their mouths. And speaking of conventions, I, I know you attend a lot of conventions for horror movies and stuff like that. What is, what is it like showing up at a convention as Linnea Quigley? Well, the first time was horrifying. I went into the bathroom and hid because all the way there, I was thinking, nobody's going to come up to me. I'd never been to a convention before. And I was going to, I thought I was going to be embarrassed because nobody was going to come up to me. And I was very nervous. And I got there and all of a sudden I was swamped and I was not prepared. I went in the bathroom and hid and composed myself. Really? Yes. So what? <laughs> so I guess there's a little bit of irony in that, you know, being in horror movies, but being not necessarily being really scared in those. But once you get to a convention where all your fans are being scared and locking yourself up in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. I was the one that got scared instead of you know, the other way around. But that was that was thrilling. I remember uh, Cassandra Peterson, Elvira was there, Anthony Perkins. It was when conventions were just giving birth in the horror realm. So it was it wasn't so much about money. It was just like being able to meet your fans. And now it's become mainly a money thing with people. I've noticed Okay, so it's like more now they show up, okay, I can sell merch to the fans now or charge like $50 for an autograph. Mm -hmm. And back then, you didn't didn't, um, charge anything. A lot of times the promoters might give you a fee to be there, but for the most part, you would just show up to promote something and and sign pictures that they made up for you. Okay. So it's like a little now, now it's just been kind of exploded and become very commercial then, huh? Oh yeah. Uh, I think a lot of the, the TV shows are getting better than the actual movies out there. Uh, That's my opinion, but, uh, the, the people on the TV shows have heard how much money like the walking dead people get and they're starting to come. I've seen Linda Hamilton, Jamie Lee Curtis there, uh, the Million Dollar Man. Like the original so Steve Austin? Yes! And so many people. The Amazing Kreskin, which you're too young to remember. I remember the name, but I can't remember exactly what the Amazing Kreskin did. But Oh, he was a, a like a... Uh, ESP. He was on Johnny Carson all the time, and I had a, cr- a skin game. I was like obsessed with Kreskin. You know, he okay. do all this ESP stuff. All right, cool. Did that uh, inspire you to do like tarot readings then? Because you you're back doing tarot readings, correct? 
Well, yes, I am. On the site, you can get tarot readings done, and they actually last sometimes up to two hours, depending on what's going on. So it's well worth it. I started doing tarot card readings because my mom was going to a lot of tea readers and playing. It was they used playing cards instead of tarot cards to read your future. And then my cousin, who uh, unfortunately just passed away, she would come over and tell horror stories. And we'd do this thing called Rise, Table Rise, where you all put your hands together and the table, you know, you concentrate, lift the table up. And just a lot of ESP type stuff. Okay. So that is where I really got it and then also with Kreskin too cool so um so you said on a site uh or is it on site that you said you do tarot readings are they just in oh, person no oh it's over the phone okay I'm working on I might you know be doing it um you know online you know like where we can see each other or they can see the okay. cards or something but right now it's one-on-one -on, -one on the phone and if they go to Linnea-Quigley.com, it's on there. Okay, cool. So they can uh, call you, get a tarot reading, and uh, see what the future holds for them. Exactly. And also what their <laughs> past has been like. So it's, okay. I don't do a lot of them because it really takes a lot out of you. So I keep it to a small amount of people. Okay. But, yeah, I've got repeat, repeat offenders, so. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's good. always good when you get yes. those repeat offenders. Yes. <laughs> All right, great, great. And just jump back to speaking of the Walking Dead and newer zombie movies that you've uh, mentioned. Um, what do you think of the new zombies or the the like shows like Walking Dead compared to like the 1985 Return of the Living Dead? Well, they're totally different. I'm a huge fan of the Walking Dead, though, I must say. And I am so excited to see what's going to happen. It's Sunday right now. but And I can't wait to see what's going to happen tonight. And I'm like hooked on that show, and I was hooked on Penny Dreadful. But I think that the movies were creepier, but The Walking Dead is kind of ma matching that. And I think The Walking Dead, they build characters up to where you really feel something toward them, either good or bad. And yes. they mess with your emotions, and you really <laughs> they feel do. bad if something happens. Whereas yeah, the movies, yeah. they only have a short span to introduce you to a character. But I think they're, you know, part of the culture that's really, really important. Yeah. So what what are uh, let's see, what are some, I guess, differences between horror and like monster movies nowadays than like back when you started in the starting to build popularity in the zombie movies well now the women are tougher in zombie movies before they would always have something happen to them yeah or the men would be protecting them and now women are being more proactive would you say and going after the zombies so it's changed that way and they there's not a lot of practical practical effects on the movies it's a lot of cgi yeah which i i i miss the the old look of practical effects and cgi blood doesn't look that great Okay, yeah, but definitely. You can time. notice a difference. Yeah, definitely. It saves time. And the type of scare you prefer in a movie, is it the slow building scare or with the suspense or just the jump scare? Oh, the slow ones. Like, 
uh, perfect examples. Alien, when the guy is looking for the cat and he's like going and you know something's going to happen and you're just waiting and then it happens and or it doesn't happen. That is my favorite scare where they build it up. Great. Um, I, I, was, I was curious about that. Like if you like the like sometimes sometimes I think the jump scare is great. But when it's overused, it kind of loses its effect. But the suspense, I think, kind of holds on. Well, you can just build suspense and build suspense and keep on doing that throughout the show. That's I think that's really gets pretty intense yes and you can talk to the screen you can say don't do that don't go in there (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't do that if i were you (laughs) yeah no no when it's a quick scare you can't warn them yeah and it's like why are you running up the stairs come on (laughs) exactly what no don't do that don't go in the basement you idiot all right perfect besides not going in the basement do you have any advice for people who are looking to get started out in the horror movie or maybe take their career to the next step i would say like i did get started in doing extra work take acting classes i did take acting classes because you know i was green i never made plays or anything when i was in school so I learned how to cold read when you go in for auditions and I learned acting a lot of acting things and and just be on a lot of sets I've done a lot of jobs on sets just to see what it was like and it's been interesting to do the different things that the other people do besides just acting I produce some things and I love that. And I love coming up with ideas and then having them come to fruition. I love that. Okay, cool. So basically just get involved, even if that's at entry level doing extra work, if I can recap, right. And then take some classes and learn about other parts of the film. Correct. Is that kind of encapsulating? Definitely. And just, you know, when you're an actor, be ready to go to an audition at any moment. So you have to, you know, be ready to go and go to that audition or do that movie and travel and get your passport and be ready to go. Okay. And what do you do to uh, promote yourself, Linnea? I talk to you. (laughs) Okay. I appreciate that. I guess, guess, um, I'm trying to think what I really do to promote myself. Well, just Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, I guess, are the main things that I do. I do TV interviews. I did a lot in the 90s, a lot of them on MTV and this and that. And I actually got to be a reporter in one, which was extremely cool. Okay. On MTV. And I just do things like that. And I thought of something a minute ago, and I totally forgot that was important. Well, if you if you think about it, you can uh, bring it back up. Oh, and, I know, uh, I know, I know. Strange, right. strange way. Dis is putting out uh, some songs of mine, and on vinyl, and one of them is this chainsaw is made for cutting instead of these boots are made for walking. Because <laughs> I play okay. guitar and. Yeah, write songs and sing. So, all right. Yeah, you, you mentioned earlier that you were in a band when uh, when you were uh, starting out acting too. Mm-hmm. I don't remember uh, what was the name of uh, the band, and can people still find uh, music from that band? Oh yeah, the Skirts. The Skirts. Yeah, and they can find uh, a lot of stuff on my site. And they can also get hold of Strange Way Dis and ask them, like D-I-S-C-S. Okay, like compact discs. Right, right. Okay, cool. And what's weird is one of the names of one of the songs I wrote and did was Strange Ways. So that was like weird coincidence. I didn't want to say a strange coincidence because that'd be too many strangers. (laughs) can't overuse that word exactly you can't overuse it and also i wanted to point out one more thing 
about something. We now aren't looked down upon doing horror films. People don't come up and say, oh, you do those kind of films. And I think The Walking Dead helped that because it's become all over the place in people's homes on a regular channel. And I think they helped a lot with that. Okay, yeah, I can definitely see that. It made it more of like a... I don't know, with it, the huge success of Walking Dead's made it more of a credible occupation, I guess, yeah. as far as acting goes. And it's not just, uh, to, for lack of a better term, not just a B-movie career, you know? Exactly, exactly. So people go, cool, you do horror films. I get that now instead of, oh, you do those kind of films. Yeah. And then I think also another thing that might have helped that out is like, say, people like Rob Zombie putting out their horror films. Yes, I am so sorry uh, I forgot him. Yes. Him putting him out. Yes. You know, he has a very interesting look and, you know, it makes sense that Rob Zombie would put out horror films, you know. (laughs) Yeah, you're (laughs) right. If you watch his stage show or see any of his videos in the past from his music, it only makes sense. That's a natural step. That's right. It is a natural step. But you know what I'm surprised about? He's never put himself in a part in one of those films that I know of unless he did a cameo. Yeah, I don't think he's I don't think he's actually been in those films. Uh, now that I think about it, maybe he just prefers like behind the camera being on stage when he's on stage in a band and the directing aspect of it. You know, maybe he just wants to focus on that. I don't know. Maybe maybe someday I'll have him on the show. Yeah, why not? Ask him why isn't he doing a Hitchcock thing? Yeah, yeah. Or at least do like uh, Stephen King or Stan Lee and just make a brief cameo appearance in the in the show, you know? Right. Like always ha- each movie that they have, they have some brief, brief appearance. Right. So. It's like instead of find Elmo, it's find Rob Zombie. Yes, yes. Where where is he in the film? Yes, and you yes. never know. Maybe maybe he is a creature in there somewhere. But I I don't know. I don't think he's actually in any of them. I don't think so either. But, I think they'd say something about it. Yeah, and unless he wanted to keep it secret. But um, all right. So, how you promote yourself? Uh, what would be like a certain highlight of your career? Oh my gosh, there's been so many uh, that uh, I can't even begin to even think of what was the the different highlights, you know, being the first woman inducted in the Horror Hall of Fame, uh, meeting recently Napoleon Dynamite, John Hedder was a big, big, like, thrill for me. At a convention. He was actually at a convention that I was at. What is he up to now? He just did this movie Ghost Kids or something like that. It's uh, It came out on the screens and kind of disappeared. I haven't seen it yet. But he's still doing acting. But nothing will match that performance in Napoleon Dynamite. One of my favorite films. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I was going to say, I haven't really heard much of him since Napoleon Dynamite. I think there was one other movie that I heard him in, and that was about it. Uh, But, okay, cool. Good to hear he's still around. Yes. And he looks the same, except, you know, not that weird hair. And he looks a lot better (laughs) and and stuff like that. And the moon boots. (laughs) Yes! Oh, my God! Yes! Yes! Oh, man. And boy, can he dance. Oh, yeah. And uh, he had to for Napoleon Dynamite. That, that was a pretty impressive dance sequence. It was. Nobody can duplicate that. <laughs> no, no. Nor should they try. Just no, saying. No, you can't no, you can't no. you can't mess with. No. Um, Never. So. So, Linnea, what do you want people to remember you by, like, when they see your performance? What do you want the audience to take away, like, when they go see Linnea Quigley on screen? I want them to uh, make it, like, 
believable that I, they believe what I'm doing, not like just phoning it in and to have fun with it. Cause I know a lot of people when these films were on up all night and regular cable stations that a lot of people got through a lot of stuff by watching them because it was just fun entertainment. Yeah. And I want them to be inspired like they were in Return of the Living Dead and just have a good time when I'm on and when, when the movie's on. Okay. So basically just take away a good time, relief from, you know, whatever – you know, in real life bothers they have yes. just kind of escape. It's exactly. It's like taking a, a breath and just kind of getting away from everything and just getting into the movie. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. So I have one more question for you left here, uh, Linnea. But before I get to that final question, I want to give you one more chance to uh, plug whatever you are working on, what you have coming up, including the movie with uh, Dan Hample this summer. And um, where can people get a hold of you, your website, your Facebook? Once again, I know we've mentioned that once before, but one last time, where can people find you? Oh, boy. I can't really give out my address. Okay. Well, you <laughs> might not need to get that specific. Okay. okay. They can uh, find me at the official Linnea Quigley site. They can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and my merchandise is Linnea-Quigley.com. And you can also get the tarot tarot card readings there you can purchase them also a lot of those proceeds go to animal rights which i'm very 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 much into and have been for many years and also uh i was gonna say something i forgot again something that's horrible it's all right throw it out now this is your time okay okay let me think let me think um a lot of my movies are being re-released on the blu-ray so look for those also. Check out The Barn, which is a great movie if you like the 80s. And even if you don't like the 80s, it's a great movie. And okay. uh, I've got conventions I'm doing. I'm going to Germany April 8th, I believe, for a convention. I think it's called Weekend of Hell. Okay. And also some ones on the East coast. I don't know about the West coast yet because for some reason this year is starting off, like they wait to the last minute and then they, they grab you or want you or something like that. All right. You will definitely have to let me know if you get out here on the West coast to some convention. Oh my gosh. Uh, I hope. I hope. Especially if it's up in the Bay area. Um, cause that's where, where I'm at right now. And, uh, is there a place where people can, can they just go to your website and find a listing of the conventions that you're going to be at? Yes. Yes. If they go to my website, the official Linnea Quigley site, I do keep it like where I'm going to be the name of the convention, where it's going to be, that sort of thing. So that okay. they can, or a movie that I've done that they is now out so they can, you know, be up to date on what's going on. Perfect. Perfect. And, and then they have for, to, when it's done, see what would Linnea do? Yes. Yeah, see what would Linnea do? And also, also the show that you've working on this summer, we should have died yes. where you play the evil babysitter that likes to watch children burn. Yes. And I, <laughs> yes, I do. I, I, I really don't in real life, but, and also if they want to uh, help me with this documentary extras, which is this passion project of mine, yeah, they can get hold of Jason Cullum, which is C O L L U M, at hotmail dot com. Okay, and also the unquenchable thirst for boner juice is out too now. <laughs> which is a musical. I love the names. It's a musical kind of one of those movies that there's a lot of fart jokes and stuff like that. 
Okay. So it's it's very different. I play a gypsy future reader in that. So it's kind of interesting. I'm getting these parts that are like me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. When can people uh, look for that? Or where can they it's find out that? now? I would go. I'm sure they have a site. I got my copy just a few days ago and I haven't been able to look at it yet. But I would say just Amazon or go to the unquenchable and quenchable thirst for boner juice. Okay, the unquenchable thirst for boner juice. All right, yes. just Google that, and I'm sure that will be an amazing, amazing, hilarious show to watch. I, oh, I'll have yeah. to Google that myself. Oh yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I got one final question for you, Linnea. The title question of the show, Linnea Quigley. How do you live uncontained? Oh my. By taking it day by day and not uh, focusing on the past so that everything is new and there's no barriers. So I'm uncontained. All right. Perfect. Is that a good one? I mean, I don't rob banks or anything. (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't. You don't. You don't need to rob banks. That's just that's that's kind of an outlaw. That's a little more than uncontained. But, you know, the meaning of uncontained is basically living with people telling you that you'll never make it as an actor or society saying that you should get the regular nine to five. How do you live free from those restraints? Oh, my gosh. Yes, I don't believe in that and like some of the stories I said you write down your ideas and really want something and you'll get it that's what I believe I think that you just need to do a few things I said and really want to do something and not listen to people say the nine to five job the typical You'll never make it in this business. You know how many actors there are and how many are out of work. I think that is uh, really good advice. Um, thank you again for coming on. It's been uh, it's been real fun and and an honor to have the the queen of bees. Oh, yes. And also, I wanted to mention one thing when you're talking about the the scream queens. There were like three of them, really big in the '80s and '90s. And there was a documentary, and Jason Jason Cullum, who I'm working with, he's producing this documentary, Extras, with me. He did a long title thing, which is like High Heels, The Rise and Fall of the B-Movie Scream Queen, which is a okay. great documentary. And we discuss that whole era and what it meant and how it happened and a lot of things like that. It's a great documentary. And uh, that is out now as well? Yes, it is out. All right, great. So check that out. And uh, one more thing before I let you go, Linnea, is I have the guests of my show sign off. Will you do me the honor of signing off the show, Linnea? Yeah, I sure would. I'm Linnea Quigley, and I live uncontained. But my animals have to be contained a little bit. and that does it for this week's episode of uncontained thanks again to linnea quigley for taking the time to uh talk with me here on the episode today and thank you to you guys all the listeners for taking the time to listen whether it's during your commute or just uh getting through the work week thank you and thank you for spreading the word and continuing to support the show please if you uh enjoyed the show please drop a rating review and and also subscribe at itunes or your favorite pod player and word of mouth is the biggest help for the show thank you very much for listening and look forward to getting you more great guests just like Linnea Quigley 
Before I completely wrap up the show, I would like to thank Justin Thomas from justinthomas.net uh, for uh, doing some tweaking to the audio of this show. There were a couple areas that uh, the sound was a little hot and it was starting to clip a little bit, so giving you a little audio digital distortion and uh, Justin, he was able to clean it up, make it sound nice, clean, and crisp. And if you want the same quality sound you can get it for yourself all you got to do is contact justin thomas he has a website justinthomas.net i will put that in the show notes for you i can't thank him enough for uh touching this show up for me and uh helping give you a great product thank you justin thank you linnea and thank you to all my listeners and until next time live uncontained <laughs>